Welcome to Wisdom, Love, and Beauty, a podcast for the soul and the home of dangerous wisdom. This is Dr. Nikos, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, and we've arrived at another midweek contemplation of insights from Yiji, the field guide to synchronicity science. We've had a single moving line more times than I can ever remember seeing in a string of inquiries with Yi Jing. Last week, we broke that streak with two moving lines, but this week, we return to just one. It seems worthwhile to reflect on what Yi Jing might invite here with a single moving line once again. A single moving line can provide focus, and sometimes we need to sit with Yi Jing's guidance for quite some time in order to arrive at the most helpful insight. This week's moving line resonates with the season because we're about to enter into fall. And our moving line tells a mini parable. In this mini parable, the eastern neighbor makes a big sacrifice and the western neighbor makes a small one. The western neighbor experiences success. The eastern neighbor does not. Now, sacrifice relates to sacrament. What is a sacrament? The great multidisciplinary scientist Gregory Bateson wanted to write a book called Every Schoolboy Knows. And we can forgive the gendered title there. The idea seems to have been about what every school kid should learn in school, but probably doesn't, even to this day. But there was also a deeper level. Bateson was trying to get at the fact that every school kid does know. They learn how to know. We all learn how to know. We don't just know. We learn how to know. That's the major issue of education. It's not that it teaches us what. It teaches us how. Knowledge depends on how we know. And our schools behave as if knowledge has to do with what we know. They try to get information in. But what we know depends on how we come to know it, so the how, that matters more than anything. That's how a culture either evolves, deepens, thrives, or how it keeps us locked in limited views, and how it might even get us to break down the very conditions of life that we all depend on. Now, one question we can ask is, well, how, how do we know anything? How does knowing happen? And how could we arrive at a better way of knowing? And when Bateson asked that question, how do we know anything, he tells us that he included the starfish, the redwood forest, and even the Senate of the United States. Bateson was British, but he lived in California for many years and died here, not far from where I am right now. So this we in 
how can we know anything, is all beings and groups. And the knowing of this how can we know anything is just as vast. How do we know how to count to five? And also, how do we know how to heal a cut on our finger? How do we know how to degrade ecologies and create climate catastrophes? How do we know how to be at war with each other, how to be in conflict with ourselves? And this knowing that we're talking about, then, is not personal. Thinking of knowing as personal makes it an activity of ignorance. That's the profound realization there. Bateson wanted to inquire into the deeper and wider knowing that functions like a living, luminous web holding together our very bodies and holding our bodies together with the forests, the mountains, the rivers, the horses, the hummingbirds. While living in California, Bateson began teaching psychiatric residents at a Veterans Administration Hospital in Palo Alto. He influenced a wide range of fields. This guy had an influence in anthropology, psychiatry, cybernetics, and system science. This was a very bright person. And when he went to teach the psychiatrist, he gave them a little quiz. And he says the first question he asked was, he asked them to define two words, sacrament and entropy. That's a strange pair of words, isn't it? Now remember, we started with our little mini parable, and it had to do with sacrifice. Sacrament and sacrifice go together, we said. And so what is a sacrament? We asked that question, can you define it? Have you come up with a definition? Did you just let it go to the side? Bateson said most of the psychiatrists couldn't define either word, so they couldn't define sacrament very easily. It depends on your life experience. It depends on how you grew up, maybe what you studied. You might not be able to give a very good definition. But one philosopher in the West, Augustine, he gave a definition that's still widely acknowledged in various Christian traditions. Augustine said, a sacrament is an outward, visible sign of inward, invisible grace. An outward sign of inward grace. Our moving line this week tells us what we already know intellectually. People, sometimes, maybe often, try to make grand outward signs of missing inward grace because they lack it. Try, we try to make the sign as if it's there. And any time that we seem to have a sign, we claim that it's, well, it's grace. It's part of the whole self-help catastrophe. So the eastern neighbor made a big sacrifice and no good came of it. And the western neighbor 
made a small sacrifice. But it had real sincerity. And it succeeded. Grace was there. The Western neighbor is not a random neighbor in the sense that it's not just making up directions. The directions also have a meaning. Everything has a meaning. In Yijing, this interwovenness we're seeing, it is a field guide for synchronicity science because it teaches us interwovenness. That's what synchronicity is. It ruptures the barriers that we try to erect. And it highlights the interwovenness that we trample on. The East is associated with the spring in this way of thinking, and the West is associated with the fall. The spring is not a time for big sacrifices, but the Eastern neighbor tried to show off false sacrament. Now for us, the fall is approaching. In just one week, we will arrive at the equinox. It's a balance point. It's very relevant to our hexagram. And Yijing has given us time to contemplate what we might sacrifice and how we might do it. Can we arrive at inward grace? How can we release bound-up energy in the form of a sacrifice? When we hear the word sacrifice, we we can get carried away. We start to think of slaughtering an animal or something like that, but it, that confuses things. And this was a this has been a, an issue in many cultures where there has been discussion of what it really means. And many spiritual teachers have said that this is an inward activity. And in any case, even if we have an outward gesture, it's not about harming other beings. The outward gesture is important. It, it has a place. It's not that we merely think it, but but deep, deep, important current here. Sacrifice has to do with gratitude, with letting go, with humility, with generosity, with opening up to grace, opening up to a mystery. It's not a simple quid pro quo. And all of this then has to do with how we know ourselves and the world. Can we begin to know the world as sacred? That's what synchronicity involves. The inner and the outer arising together. That's sacredness. Can we begin to let sacredness itself become the activity of knowing? That is an incredibly important question. Too subtle and profound to go into here. For now, maybe carry the question in your heart of how to get in touch with sincerity, gratitude, generosity, and warmth of heart. And thereby how to make an offering to the world, to the community of life, to the mystery itself on the basis of that sincerity, gratitude, generosity, and warmth. And keep in mind that sometimes we have to do the activity to develop the feeling. Can't wait until we're sincere. We just start to think, what can I give? Sometimes we have to do it in our mind. Walk through your home and look at things that you really feel 
positive about. Oh, I really love that paintbrush. Yeah, somebody gave me that as a gift. I, I really love that. And imagine giving it away. Imagine multiplying it by a thousand, handing it to a thousand people. Maybe it's your phone. You love your phone. Maybe it's your camera. Maybe it's whatever it is, a sweater someone gave you. Maybe your own mother knitted you a sweater. And you say, man, I love this. I would never part with it. Well, imagine, just touch the sincerity of that, the appreciation of it. And the warmth of heart. Think of the person who gave it to you. Or think of the joy that you had with it. whatever it might be, a cup of tea. And then imagine giving it. Imagine that there's a sacrament, a sacredness. And remember, too, that the main hexagram this week relates to that other word Bateson asked the psychiatrist to define, entropy. This week's hexagram involves the interplay of confusion and order. Our hexagram indicates that everything is in order. Everything is in its place. But at just such a moment, any movement at all could cause the order to revert to more entropy. That's a balance point. That's the equinox. A spiritual understanding of sacrifice, of sacrament, and sacredness can help us navigate this interplay of pattern maintenance and pattern transcendence. It characterizes all of life. It will help us to navigate it with skill and grace. Next time, we'll look at the relating figure for this week's hexagram, which will, as usual, give us plenty of food for thought and practice over the weekend. In the meantime... If you have questions, reflections, or stories of synchronicity or sacredness to share, send them in through dangerouswisdom.org, and we might bring some of them into a future contemplation. Until then, this is Dr. Nikos, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, reminding you that your soul and the soul of the world are not two things. Take good care of them.